Quick question before we get started. I haven't spoken to you in a while. How has your week been? I'm trying to open and make this uh, so people can get to know us more. Make it seem like we didn't just speak to each other a few times earlier today. No, I'm trying to be, yeah. You're sort of Wizard of Ozing it, revealing the behind the curtain, and I was trying to <laughs> look how authentic this is. <laughs> well, I will say there is a very authentic piece, which is I have no idea what, what I'm doing here. Oh, I think you mean in general? I've got two questions. So the first question that we received from a listener was titled Facilitation Music. And at first I thought like, are they asking us if there's a, like a music that goes with facilitation or something like that? The question was actually more specific. Um, what is our thoughts and feelings around the use of music in programming? It was sort of generalized. So I'm going to offer it out as two parts. Music in the background, maybe. And then music as the foreground thing. So like activities that involve music. Uh, my, my first very unfiltered thought is I don't really have an apparent answer, which maybe means I'm not using enough music in my programming because I love music. I often will have it playing when people arrive for a workshop. That's my first thing. And I, I, I always appreciate it when I hear it as a participant. What I don't like is when there's sort of pop culture references, whether it's music or TV or anything that's sort of like, you, you're supposed to know this and it gives you a, a, a more um, a more into an activity, right? Where I don't know, I don't even have an example of that with music, but there are some, some games that are sort of based on like Finding Nemo and stuff like that. And if you don't know those, that, those references, you can sort of feel like, uh, I don't really get the game that actually happened to me. So maybe that applies to music in some way. I don't know. I, my first instinctual thought, and I'm going to go with the gut reaction too, was the absolute cringiness that I experience when you go to a conference workshop or a workshop that's led by someone who there's an activity that's music focused. And what I mean by that, often the music focus leads to some dancing for me personally as an introvert, but I just, I feel so awkward about it. And I actually, you know, I own as well. I tried it one time. I went to a conference workshop and the, the facilitator was using music. And then I kind of, the energy of the group was like, it was the right people, I would guess. Like minus maybe my discomfort, there was, there was good energy. And I thought, oh, it kind of worked. So maybe when I do a conference workshop, I'll try to do the similar activity. And it was the activity where a group is standing in a circle you like split them into a group of five and then you play a song and whoever's the, the first person in the line, you number yourselves one to five, the first person starts dancing and everyone has to copy it. And then when you change to the second song, then the second person starts dancing and everyone copies it and you do it five times, five songs. Well, I did it at a, a phys ed conference one time and I realized in the moment that, that it wasn't right activity for me because I couldn't buy into it. And it was like, I felt so I, I felt so awkward for everyone else. And yet people seem to enjoy it, but I just I had this realization. It's not for me. That kind of activity is not for me. And it might work for other people, but it just certainly didn't work for me. But then when I started to delve deeper into this question, I realized that I use music in my workshops. I'm trying to think, could, could you identify maybe where you think I might use music? We haven't done many like like workshops together, but I, I use music in one place every single time. 
as soon as you mentioned you do music at the start, I then remembered it, but I haven't seen you facilitate for so long. And I, and I've taken what you've done there and I've, I've done that before too. I like had music in the background as people came in to the meeting for the first time and kind of liked it. But no, I use eighties montage music when I do not feature every single time it works so well. It's, it's so, so funny. For those people who don't know, not Feech. Charades game stands for fast food, electrical appliance, comic book hero or comic book character. The concept is it always follows that order. So it gives you like the charades some framework. The not Feech part is I just insert knots into that mix and people have to tie the knots without touching anyone else's rope and speaking. So it's like a, a kind of assessment. But I, I always do 80s montage music and it makes me laugh every time. I've got this uh, playlist that I've got on my phone that's always ready. So therefore, I do use music in facilitation. The only other place I've used it is I sometimes play the Mission Impossible theme music when lowering people on the pamper pole. <laughs> well, because if you don't play the music, somebody's going to come up with it anyway. Exactly. Or it's like there was a whole period of time where everyone would play or sing Wrecking Ball during the swing. Yes, oh, it's, it's, that still happens. It still happens, but not as frequently as when the song first came out. Yeah, I think there's a good summary here, which is, yeah, use it authentically and then be aware of you could where you could be using music in a way that is ex like excluding people inadvertently if it's sort of assumed that everybody knows it. And then also if you're going to use it in a way that goes along with activities that could be mortifying, you know, don't, those may be some boundaries mm -hmm. that you and I have in common. Yeah. I, I think I told you this story for a long time. I thought the E in, in music, the E rating meant is, was the same as the E rating in games. So E in games is means it's rated for everyone. everyone. But most listeners probably already knew that <laughs> E in music means explicit. So I've gotten into some trouble with my public playlist before too, with oops, That's not, so funny. not for participant audiences, best save for my commute. I just thought of one last place that music could be could appear, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Let's say we're doing belaying, and we've taught people how to belay, and they're just practicing. Occasionally, you'll have people, like especially summer camps, because maybe it's a younger audience, will want to start playing music while we're practicing skills. Like, oh, can we put turn music on or something? I've always said no, because I find it distracting. But at the same time, I, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts about like music in the background whilst people are practicing skills, either they're practicing knots or practicing belay? I don't think that's ever come up for me, but I would hope that, that I would have the foresight to say that maybe silence is also distracting for some people. And so to be able to, I don't know how you, how you balance that as an instructor, but I know like we have a colleague here who when, when I sit down to meet with them, there's always music in the background and it doesn't bother me, but I would feel fine, you know, comfortable asking it to be turned off. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think especially for like my son, my 19 year old, if there's no music on, it's like he gets, that's a, just a very strange environment for him. Like he has music on all the time. 
All right. So yeah, summary is it's such it's a personal experience. It's so unique to everyone. For some people, it's distracting. For some people, it's not. And because there's too much risk involved, maybe it's just the best option is to go no music, unless of course it's co- comedically intended, which is which is very important, almost critical. And if you don't do that, then what's the point? Last question. Where's the most unique place that you've facilitated? What's the most unique situation in which you've used facilitation? I can go while while you're thinking, because when I heard this question, I immediately had an answer. And I don't know if everyone would. I facilitated activities at my wedding. It was one of those cases where I was, you know, I was going to do a speech, like the groom speech or whatever. And I I had a mix of my friends from college and my family. It was just my family. It's, this is a two truths and a lie fact that thing I often mention that I've been married three times, all to the same woman, but three different wedding ceremonies. But like the English one we did was college friends, uh, also some summer camp friends that lived in England, and then some family. And I, I was nervous that they didn't know each other. I don't like that weird like separation of like awkwardness where everyone's just talking to the people on the table and they just ignore everyone else. Because I know that what helps me with nerves and and anxiety is doing this sometimes, like it feels weird as an introvert, but when I turn on the work mode, extrovert mode, it helps alleviate tension. I just grabbed the mic and went straight into doing activities. I actually used the prototype 52 Fathoms. So I did 52 card pickup with the group. And it was so funny to watch everyone just skipping around the room, people doing hidden log rolls. There was shoe towers. So everyone's wearing formal like wedding attire, but like taking all their shoes off and building these giant towers. Strangers never met each other. And it's actually been, it was one of the things that sticks in my head of like a moment where like the facilitation was really successful in kind of uh, creating a little bit more connection. For me, it certainly helped my anxiety that was coming into that space. When you first asked the question, I thought about like a physical setting but your answer reminded me more of like just the context or environment. So the, the story that comes to mind is a week after the September 11th attacks in 2001, I was scheduled to go to an army base in Florida to do uh, adventures in peacemaking workshop for the staff who worked at the base's preschool. And the workshop went. So I flew down to, to Florida in the panhandle And I worked with the staff and the workshop was going great. And then on the second day of the workshop, I was told that everyone had to vacate the base because the the criteria for credentials of who could be on the base had changed in response to the September 11th attacks. So the first day of the workshop was on the base. The second day of the workshop started on the base. And then we moved for day two and three to the beach because it's not like there was anything wrong with my background check. It was more like I didn't have the full military clearance to be on the base. And so we went from this one environment to being on, being like literally on the beach on the panhandle of Florida and just the, the content of peacemaking while we could hear the planes flying overhead constantly. I don't remember the timing of were they heading to the Gulf? I don't remember, but it was a very, very strange time. And I felt grateful to be there, like doing work that I I believe in. But uh, that was that was really strange. I've got one that we both share that was a unique, I would say, experience. We went out to Canada to work with the Calgary Flames and it 
we had an unbelievable snowstorm and you know feet and feet of snow and we were supposed to be using their their course the challenge course at this camp that we were basing all of the programming out of and we whilst our founding director jim grout led some activities to distract the like the players the rest of us shoveled these ballet corridors and then created fires so that people could warm up. It felt just such a surreal experience. Not only the audience we were working with, the location, the beauty of we were in this, like the Banff area, but just to be shoveling snow before we were going to have belaying. And I don't know, the, the whole thing was just such a unique experience. To clarify too, it was this time of year, it was late September, that storm, while we, it was forecasted a couple of days in advance, but that was a very unusual amount of snow. For that time of year. And I think this, this topic makes me think that I used to sort of feel like, oh, adventure can transcend any environment and you just get the right people and the right facilitator and people can learn. I don't know. I, I think maybe I don't fully endorse that anymore. Like people need to be comfortable. Like I, I always prefer to start a workshop with people sitting in a circle so you could talk rather than standing. Like there's just, I, I think I've become a little bit more picky about my environment Maybe that's because I'm getting older. I don't know. I'm not like elderly, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I agree too. I'm also experiencing after after the summer we've had and the amount of rain I've stood in the last few weeks, I am definitely would be more picky with my locations. And I realized, Phil, I think I cut you off when you were describing Feech. So maybe folks will contact you for a write-up of not Feech. No, I added, I added it. You just zoned out when I was no. explaining it. <laughs> I'm going to now put in the audio of me explaining it again. <laughs> for those people who don't know, not Feech. Charades Game stands for Fast Food, Electrical Appliance, Comic Book Hero, or Comic Book Character. And the concept is it always follows that order. So it gives you like the charades some framework. The not Feech part is I just insert knots into that mix and people have to tie the knots without touching anyone else's rope and speaking. So it's like a... a kind of assessment thank you for tuning in to another episode of myself and lisa featuring myself and phil there we go okay bye thanks for listening to vertical podcast and then what about thanks for listening to high fives podcast can you do it okay try Thanks for giving. I think I'll pass the guy. <laughs>